0: Set you didn't sleep good southern christmas show good morning. good morning welcome to crestview baptist church this morning thank you for coming to worship with us this morning i'm so glad to have you here if you are a visitor or a guest with us for the first time there are some cards in the pews in front of you and uh, if you could fill one of those out and drop it in the offering plate as they come by, just so we can get a record of your attendance and so we can get to know you a little better. Um, there's some boxes on there to check, and uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, like I said, I'm glad to have you with us. Thank you for choosing to come wor- worship with us here this morning. Um, if you've got a bulletin on the way in, you're going to see we are hitting our Thanksgiving Christmas season, and we are hitting the ground running. I told Artie I was a little bit overstimulated this morning, so he's a little worried about me up here, I think. Uh, <laughs> We've got a lot going on today, a lot going on over the next couple of weeks. Um, this, um, to, today, we, we are dedicating our shoeboxes this morning. I'm excited about that. Uh, we have a whole thing coming up here in a little bit. Um, that's pretty fun and, a, and an awesome ministry to be a part of. Uh, Wednesday night is our Wednesday night Bible studies. Don't forget about those, um, and also our youth and children's play practice that Wednesday night at five thirty. Uh, if you can come, I stress the importance to my kids and parents who were there last week. If you're going to be in the play, it is very important that you come over the next few weeks because we are because because with with uh, Thanksgiving we're not having one on a Wednesday night on thanks before Thanksgiving. And so it's very important that you're going to be here if you're going to be in it, if all possible, uh, just so we can be sure we're ready, because I'm excited about that. And I've been expressing the importance, and I know Sandra has, about it's not just a Christmas play we're putting on, we are putting on a play that is honoring our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ This for his birthday. I mean, putting on a birthday play for Jesus, isn't that exciting? That's pretty exciting, I like it. I like, that's the way I'm going to put it from now on. I like that. Uh, Wednesday also, sorry, told you I was overstimulated, off on a tangent. Uh, Wednesday, Terry has asked, if you can be here early, um, maybe 4.30 or so, he's going to start putting out luminaries. I know that's early on a Wednesday, and it's hard to get here, but if you can get here anytime before church, we're going to be working on, try, working on those, trying to get those luminaries up and ready for the Christmas season here at Crestview. Um, Thursday night, which I'm sure Joy's going to talk about it, maybe. No, Thursday night. If you don't forget about our Lottie Moon uh, supper and auction, and that's at is it seven or six? Six o'clock. Don't forget about that. That is a fun time. If you if you've never been to one before, it is a, it is a very exciting and fun time. Um, so come out for that. Uh, you'll see here we have deacons meeting next Sunday. And uh, our community Thanksgiving service is next Sunday night, right? Next Sunday night here at Crestview. Um, we are doing the whole service outside of the preaching. The preaching is going to be done by the pastor at Beaver Dam. Um, but we, um, we're going to be working on some things for that service. So we're hosting for that. We'd love to have you come out for that. Uh, we moved that to Sunday this year. So uh, keep that in mind. I don't think... There are any more announcements in here for me? Do you have all right? So, what day you going doing that? December the sixth, Processing Center, uh, going to Boone, right? Going to Boone for the Samaritan's Purse Processing Center. There are some spots open for that. So, that is really officially, even though we're doing our dedication today. That's a fit. As long as you have your shoeboxes in by then, we can take them, right? Because we're taking them when we go. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, now I'm going to turn it over to Artie. I just encourage you to take, turn your hearts toward God this morning, and let's focus on him.
1: I'm going to slow down the pace a little bit, if that's okay with you. I saw a shirt the other day on the Internet. That I sent a picture of it to Chad. So him, I was going to get him one. That he says, "Don't look at me that way. I'm a youth pastor." <laughs> so uh, he has to be a little bit hyper to keep up with the kids and with the youth. But um, I am going to slow it down. I don't know. Did he mention the fact that you are having cantata practice on Sunday nights? No. Okay, tonight, six o'clock. If you're part of the Christmas cantata, you're going to be practicing here at six o'clock. You practice the next? No, you can't practice next week because we have the the Thanksgiving service. Our Thanksgiving service, we are hosting four other churches. We are hosting um, Pleasant Ridge, Poplar Springs, Beaver Dam, and Lattimore Baptist Church. We'll be coming together here, um, and we will be hosting that. So I'm asking that we, w- we have a good turnout as the host church. Um, as we come together and celebrate Thanksgiving with a th- our Thanksgiving service, we ask you to be here 630 next Sunday night here at our church. And at this time, if you would please join me in prayer as we begin our worship service together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before You right now, humbly bowing before Your throne. Dear Lord, we have come together today for one purpose, and that is to honor and worship You. Dear Lord, we don't have to come and make sacrifices Anymore. We don't have to go through a priest anymore. Dear Lord, we have the right through the blood of Jesus Christ to come into your presence to make our petitions known. And dear Lord, we have a lot of people that are sick right now in our congregation. We have a lot of people that aren't here because of illness. We have people that are here because of jobs. And dear Lord, I ask that you fill them with your strength, with your presence right now. Dear Lord, we have a lot of people on our prayer list that are looking at upcoming medical procedures or or more medical tests that have them a little bit nervous. But dear Lord, we know that you're in control of all of it. We have members of our congregation that are still hurting because of the loss of a spouse. And as we enter the Thanksgiving season and the Christmas season, dear Lord, we pray that you fill them with your presence and give them the peace that only you can give during this time. Dear Lord, we have people that we know that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Dear Lord, that we would be your people, that we would be your disciples, and we will be obedient to your call, that we would go out and make more disciples, that we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ even through the busyness of getting things done and things planned and and the songs and and the plays, that we would not forget that the reason we're doing these things is to further the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray today that your spirit fill this place, that you move among your people. That the power of the Holy Spirit would be evident in our lives today. That you would continue to mold and shape us, making us into the image of you. That whether it is through something that takes place in the service today, through the choir singing, through us singing hymns, through the preaching of your word, That if there's someone here or listening online that does not know you as their Savior, that something would happen today to touch their hearts in a way that make them want to come to know you in a very personal way. Dear Lord, have your way with us today. And we give you all the honor and glory and praise. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen.
2: We have come today to worship our risen Savior. Whether you're visiting, whether you're a member, whether you're here with a friend or family, you're here to worship. So let us begin by standing and singing uh, our hymn, Glorify Thy Name, and then we will have our worship time of giving of our gifts, tithes, and offerings. Thank you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so, so humbly. We thank you for the gifts you have given us. And now we're giving back to you just a small portion of what you have blessed us with. So bless this offering. Use it to further your kingdom here on earth. For it is your name that we pray. Amen. Now, as you stand, as we sing hymn number 44, For the Beauty of the Earth, and we'll sing verses one two and six Our children and youth are going to bring in our shoeboxes for their dedication. can remain seated but knowing these shoe boxes are going to children all over the world will you join our children as we sing Jesus loves the little children
0: going to pray over the shoeboxes. What I wanted to do was I was trying to find a, a young man to help me. I was going to get a, 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 a girl and a boy to help pray with me. So I'm going to ask Grace, right, if she's going to pray and then I'm going to pray, okay? You, you want to pray right there into that mic? She's going to pray over the shoeboxes for us too. Let's bow our heads. God,
3: thank you for this day and thank you for the blessing that uh, you have these children and help these shoeboxes to go
0: where they need to go. Amen. Dear heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, God. Thank you for each one of these boys and girls, for their love to just a Wednesday night when I saw the the kids shat packing shoeboxes, the smiles on their face, knowing after explaining that these were going to kids who who may not know you, Lord, who don't get the blessings that we get at Christmas. They were so excited and just so just so enthusiastic about packing these. Lord, I pray that when we send these shoe boxes, that we're not just sending a Christmas gift. We're sending a, mess, a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, pray your blessings on whoever child is that receives this box, the family, the child that receives this box. Lord, I pray that these boxes are seeds of change planted around the world. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: As they are going out, um, we're going to continue our Thanksgiving uh, testimonies. And um, I talked to Skylar Wednesday night and asked her if she would like to share her testimony of Thanksgiving. And she did not even hesitate that she has uh, been excited ever since vacation Bible school. And, and getting baptized and, and accepting Christ as her Savior, not in that order. She accepted Christ as her Savior first, and then she got baptized. And, uh, but Skylar is going to come and share her testimony with us right now. You want to do it here?
3: There are so many things I am thankful for. So many things I am thankful for. First, I am thankful for Jesus saved me. I am so glad my Nana brings me to church. I am thankful for my mom and dad, also my Nana and Pop. I know my family loves me. And I am thankful that God brought my brother and his family home from Wyoming safe. I love my church, Artie and Chad. I could go all day naming things that I am thankful for. Thank you. That's
2: precious. <laughs> so. We all have so much to be thankful for. So as the choir is singing this song, just be thanking God prayerfully as we're singing. Give you thanks.
1: She's going to get mad at me for saying this, but uh, we need to make sure that we pray for Sandra. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed that it is getting harder and harder for her to get around. She is uh, having problems with her right knee, and she is in excruciating pain, and this is one time I can definitely say I understand how she's feeling, but she's still going, she's still getting up, but she is in pain, um, waiting to hear back from the doctor what they're planning on doing, right now they're just giving you shots, and um, she said it does feel better than it did, but she's still hurting, so definitely pray for her as she continues to serve our church and, and lead our choir and us in worship. Uh, <clears throat> today, if you notice this, the title of the sermon a Psalm of Thanksgiving. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to, our scripture today is an entire chapter in the book of Psalms. Um, Psalm 100. I am going to read the entire chapter Don't freak out. It's only five verses. Okay, so it's not like Psalms 119 and I'm going to be reading hundreds of verses. It's only five verses. But I want us to think about this. So many times, we get this attitude and we talk to people um, and their attitude is I don't have anything to be thankful for. And sadly... Sometimes those are people that claim to know Jesus Christ as their Savior that feel that way. And it could be a result of what's going on in their life and they just feel overwhelmed. Um, it could be that they have lost a, a loved one and the, or they've lost their job, their financial difficulties, and it just seems like everything's piling on them at one time. And they get this This attitude and this feeling that everything's against them and there is absolutely nothing in life to be thankful for. Well, I want us to look at this scripture today and we got to understand some things about God and how we need to respond to Him. So if you would stand, turn to Psalm 100, stand as I read these five verses... And then we're going to go through these and look at what it says in Scripture. So, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And His faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Blessed Lord and Savior, thank You for the reading of Your Word. Thank You for what we see here written in this Scripture. about how we need to be thankful and why we need to be thankful. Bless this time. Speak through me today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. This, like many other of the Psalms, these verses are arranged in such a way that you have... they say something... They make a statement, and then they, the next verse explains why that statement is necessary, or goes back and explains that st- statement. So we're going to look at those, but we're going to look at things a little bit different. The first thing that I want to, us to look at is we're going to look at verses uh, 3 and 5, and this are truths about God's character. These, are, he, these verses are telling us things about God Himself. So look at verse 3 to start with. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. The first thing that we need to notice here is the Lord alone is God. I went back and I looked at the Hebrew. What it says, please Do not ask me to pronounce Hebrew words. I cannot do it. I have tried. And I cannot get the stuff down pat. I start coughing and I spit all over myself. So please don't ask me to pronounce these. But I can pronounce these two words. Okay? The word Lord is Jehovah. The Lord. And the word used here for for God... Is not Yahweh, which is I am, but it's a derivative of that. It is Elohim, and that word is interest. It's an interesting word. It is a plural noun used, and it's the only one that does this. It's a plural word noun that's used to identify a singular. Object do we have any words like that in the English language paul that's a, a plural word to describe to describe a singular okay, like people's plural, but sometimes we're, we're, I'm a people I mean they do that, but that just sounds wrong, you know but this this actual word. Basically, what it is saying is this that there's one God that is made up of many. We would call that the Trinity God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That is not a New Testament concept. That goes all the way back to the Old Testament, to the Hebrew. They understood that this one God was made up of multiple identities or multiple parts but it was one singular God. But what this verse is saying is that there is one God. One. Jehovah is the God. He is not a God. He is not of multiple... It's not. In other words, today's society, what it's saying is that I'm God, not Mahabod, not Buddha, Not Moon, Not David Koresh. Not Jim Jones. None of these others. I alone am God. And that's what the writer of this psalm is wanting us to understand. That God alone. God Himself is... The Lord Himself is God. And the second thing that we notice here is that... We are not made. We did not do anything. We just didn't happen by chance that God made us, created us, and not ourselves. We just didn't decide one day as a microorganism to say, oh, I want to be a living, breathing person. And boom, wham, bam, millions of years later, we became human beings. It says right here that God created us. We were made. We were fit together and made and created. And then the third thing that we notice in this verse is that we are His. Think about this. Why? Why were humans created in the first place? You go back to Genesis and Adam and Eve. And yes, I believe Adam and Eve were real people. I don't don't believe that they were figurative figureheads. I believe what the Bible says from Genesis to, 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 to Revelation. It is God's Word. And it says He created Adam and Eve. He created Adam first. Out of the dust of the air, of the earth, breathe the life into him. The same word that's used there for breathing life—it's the same understanding as when it talks about that that the word of God is inspired. It is God breathed. God breathed life into his his word. He did the same thing when he created Adam. He breathed life into him. He inspired him, and then he took a, a rib from Adam's side and created. Uh, Eve, and he created both of them. Why did he do that? Because the angels were created beings, heavenly beings that were created by God, but their job was to serve him. We were created to have a relationship with Him. He created Adam and Eve. And if you read in Genesis, that He would meet with them in the the afternoons and He would walk and talk with them in the garden. Having that relationship. He wanted us to choose Him. He created us. Not just the Jews. Not just the Hebrews, but He created all of us to be His people. And He wants us to choose Him and become His sheep. So God is God alone. God made us. And we are His people. We belong to Him. And then look at verse 5. There's three more truths In verse 5, for the Lord is good, and his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Here's three more truths about God is that the Lord is good. If I were to say to you, God is good all the time, what would your response be? All the time, God is good. That is a fact. It is not wishful thinking. It is a fact. God is good. Period. Doesn't matter what kind of mood we're in, doesn't matter what's happening in our life, God is good. And yes, that is hard for us to wrap our finite minds around. When you are sad, when you are hurting, when you are struggling and you feel like God is punishing you or God is causing something, that, guys, that is not the truth. That is a lie from Satan to distract us from the point that God is good. And the great thing about it, listen, I've had to do funerals for people that I did not know their relationship with Christ. And I could not stand there and say, family, you will see them again. Because that would have been a lie because I don't know that. But then I've had the opportunity to do funerals for, for people that I know beyond a shadow of doubt that they knew and loved Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And it was a joyous occasion. It was sad in the fact that they were leaving But there was joy in the fact that there was that hope that we find through Jesus Christ. That we knew that we would be reunited with them around the throne of God. That their life was not over. That their salvation had been made complete. And now they are in the presence of their Savior. That is a joy that cannot be explained. And people that do not know Jesus Christ cannot understand that joy. Because God is good. You guys realize that even when God says we deserve punishment, that He gives us a way to avoid that punishment? You know, even in the Old Testament, when He would, get, he would have them, uh, the, the prophets prophesy, this is going to happen. Unless you turn from God. Or unless you turn back to God. This, pe- this people are coming in. They're going to take you over. You're going to be imprisoned by them. You're going to be taken away. If you don't turn back to God, this is what's going to happen. And even when it happens, He says, turn back to God. And I will heal you. I will restore you. He still tells us the same thing. See, we seem to think that we know it all. We, want, we know best. And we want to do things our way. But Jesus Christ came because we cannot do it our way. We cannot get into heaven doing it our way. We cannot have eternal life without Him. And we cannot measure up. So in God's goodness, He made a way for us to be restored through Jesus Christ. That was God's goodness. It was also His mercy. See, this verse says that His mercy, His loving kindness, King James Version says mercy. His mercy knows no end. He will continue to show mercy to us. In fact... That has been a little bit of a source of misunderstanding because Paul writes and he says, what shall we do? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The mercy and grace that we have through Jesus Christ. It has become a misunderstanding that people say, think that because we have freedom in Christ, it gives us the freedom to do what we want to. No. No. We have the freedom not to do what we want to do and do what we should do. We are not the same people. And once we accept Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean that we get to go out there and live like the devil because Jesus will forgive us. That's not what that verse means. And that's not what it's talking about when it says that His mercy knows no end. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that we will ever do That God's mercy will not cover if we ask for forgiveness. Not only do we need to ask for it, we have to have the attitude that we will actually, when we do, if I go up and I cold cock Whitey Green, I don't think I could do it, but if I did it, I could walk up and I could cold cock Whitey Green. I say, Whitey, will you forgive me? He may or not forgive me. More than likely, he will turn around and cold cock me right back. Okay, But I can ask him to forgive me. He may or may not do it. But I could sin against God. I could take my best shot at God. And as long as I was minute and I went up to God, I said, God, will You please forgive me? I did wrong by You. God will forgive. But on my part, it means that I've literally got to turn my back on what my actions were and walk away from it. You turn your back on it. That is no longer you. That boy that ran down the aisle and knelt at that that, uh, that altar and prayed to Jesus Christ, to take him and to change him and to save him. That boy that did that was covered by the mercy of God. And everything that he had done up to that point was taken away and covered by the blood of Christ. That is the mercy that knows no bounds. The only thing, you guys realize that there's only one unforgivable sin, right? You guys realize that? <clears throat> that is disbelief in Jesus Christ. That is, when you die, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that cannot be forgiven. It's not that God doesn't want to forgive it. It's because we don't ask for it. But His mercy knows no end. And His faithfulness will not end. In other words, if God says He's going to do something, guess what happens? He does it. It may take years to come to fruition, but He will do what He promised. He will do what He says. He will never change. He will always remain faithful. So what does that mean to us? What is our response to these truths about God? Well, let's look at these other verses. These truths should create in us an attitude of thankfulness and an outward expression of our thankfulness. First thing look at what it says verses 1 and 2 Shout to the shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth serve the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful singing First thing loudly proclaim joy to the Lord shout to the lord that, the idea is that go talent on the mountain you know that idea go to the highest peak and shout as loud as you possibly can so everybody in the world can hear you but baptist Baptist Christians have this idea that we have to be reserved. That when we enter the door of the sanctuary that we have to sit like this and our hands do not raise above our shoulders. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I was in college before I ever heard the first person clap in church. I grew up hearing hearing one of the old deacons, Amen. But you know, when I went to seminary, the first time we had chapel at Southeastern, we're sitting there in chapel and I kept hearing this guy That's the point. Come on now. Yeah, that's it. That's the point. I'm like who in the world is that? And I'm looking all over the place for it. And I finally found out who it was. And it's a former professor from Gardner Webb College, Dr. Carson. Had gone to Southeastern Eastern to preach. Dr. Carson was blind. But he had no problem whatsoever shouting the, to the top of his voice the joy that he was feeling because of Jesus Christ. And the funniest thing about Dr. Carson is that when he was teaching, students would, try, would be late for class and try to sneak in. And here this man is blind, preaching or teaching his class, calling, and he would say, Mr. Humphrey's glad for you, happy you could join us today. Have a seat. As they walked in the door, he would know who it was walking in. Never seen anything like it. But that man always had a smile on his face. And any time he got together with God's people, he was shouting. Church, I've seen a lot of you at ball games. And I've watched enough Super Bowls with you. that I know that you do get excited. And we need to shout that same excitement, that same fanaticism. You know, that's the, the word fan. I'm a Gators fan. So yesterday when they played South Carolina, I'm sorry, but when they beat the snot out of South Carolina, I was excited. But that same fanaticism that I have for the Gators and I have for Crest High School I should have that same excitement about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I should shout the joy to the Lord. And then the second thing is to serve God gladly. Serve the Lord with gladness. Sometimes we have this idea that what we do, we do out of obligation. What we have to do, we do it because we want to show God how happy we are, how glad we are, how appreciative we are. It is not because we owe it, which we do. But you look, when God tells us He wants us to give, how does He say He wants us to give? Does He want us to give begrudgingly or because we owe it? The Bible says that we are to give with a cheerful heart out of gladness. That's what He wants from us. That's what He deserves. He deserves us to serve Him gladly, willingly, and then come into His, sing- his presence with singing, joyful singing. Can I ask you a question here? does that say that it has to be pretty? Does it? No, it doesn't. It just says it has to be joyful. I'm going to tell you something. Sandra can attest to this. As well as people sitting beside you. There's some of us that can't carry a tune in a bucket. Let's face it. Some of us can't. But you know what? God doesn't care. He wants us to sing joyfully, not to the joy of other people. But he wants us to sing from the joy that we have in our hearts. And he wants us to proclaim and sing his praises. Doesn't matter if you can't carry a tune in a bucket. You know where I do most of my singing? On the lawnmower. I sing, I sing loud on the lawnmower. Cause nobody else can hear me except God, and I just belt it out, and I I I sound like Pavarotti on the lawnmower. And I wish I had the deep bass voice like Doyne does when I'm on the lawnmower, but it don't come out that way. It it probably sounds like a dying cow when I'm singing. But I am singing to the top of my lungs. And you may tell you something, to God it sounds just as good as somebody that's singing. And oh, you know why? Because what God, what God moves God and what he enjoys more than anything. He loves the angel choir. We know that. But the song of the redeemed is what he loves to hear more than anything. People whose lives have been changed and have been purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ. He loves to hear the joyful singing of that group. And that's, what we, that's how we're supposed to respond to God through, for His goodness and through, for His mercy is that we sing joy to Him. Now look at verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. See, the idea here is like the tabernacle and even the temple when it was built. But at this particular point, it's talking about the tabernacle. You know, you had your outer courts, and then you had your, 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 your inner court, you had your holy, uh, the, holy, the, the, the holy place, and then you had the holy of holies, and then the only person allowed to go into that innermost sanctum was the high priest, and he was only allowed to go in there one day of the year. And when he would go in, because that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where God dwelled. And that curtain that separated it, was said that that curtain could not be pulled apart. It was so thick and heavy. And it hung from the roof to the ground. And there was no way to tear it. But it was that curtain that separated God from his people that was torn when Jesus Christ died on the cross. And it was torn in such a way that it was very evident that it was not done by man because it was torn from the top to the bottom. Not from the bottom to the top. It was torn by God. Allowing us access to Him. So, this idea is that when we enter the gates... The outer courts we come into that gate with thanksgiving on our heart ready to offer our sacrifice ready to offer our worship to him but then we can enter into his courts with praise we as christians those that have been washed in the blood of jesus christ have the right as children to come into the presence of god himself we do not have to go through a priest. We do not have to wait till one day a year to enter into His presence. That we have the ability to go before God of the universe and call out to Him, Abba, Father. That word Abba, it, it does translate Father, but it really means that we go to Him and we, it, it's a, a familiar term. It is more like Dad. Guys, can you understand that? That we have the rights as joint heirs with Jesus that we can talk to him and say, Dad, my kids don't come to me and say, Father. fact, I've never think, I don't think I've ever heard any of them call me Father unless they were being a smart aleck. But they come to me and say, Daddy, Pop, old man, you know. That's, that's, what they, that's how they talk to me. That's, and I respond to them because they're mine. That's what we get to do with God. And He responds to us because we are His. Be thankful to God. It's not a suggestion. Be thankful to God. Blessing God's name. Guys, Blessing His name. This does not do anything for God. He doesn't need us to bless His name. He doesn't need us to be thankful. But this is actions on our part that attribute what we have to Him and it gives us, it changes us. Because it makes us understand that it's not because of us. The blessing... Listen. The Sunday after Thanksgiving, Ginger and I will celebrate 29 years of marriage. 29 years! Do I deserve those 29 years? No. But because of God... God gave Ginger to me. God brought her, and I believe with my whole heart that when she was formed in her mother's womb, that he had me in mind. I do not doubt that. And the fact that 29 years later, I am just as much in love with her now as I was then, actually probably more, is a gift from God. Because there is nothing that I have done to deserve that. The fact that I have six kids is a blessing from God. The fact that that hopefully in the future I will have grandchildren Will be a blessing from God. There is nothing that I have done to deserve that. So, God deserves my thankfulness. He deserves my blessing. He deserves my praise. He deserves all of it. And that every single person sitting in this auditorium today is in the same boat as I am. Oh, I'm so thankful I did not get what I deserve. And the last point I want to make is this. Is that praise and thankfulness is not a feeling. It is not a feeling. Too many times, we, I just don't feel it. Well, it's not a feeling. There are many times I wake up or Ginger and I have some intense fellowship and I don't feel like being married at that very moment. You guys understand when I say intense fellowship? That is a um, very heartfelt discussion that ends up with both people being mad. You, you, those of you that married better nod your head because I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, but nevertheless, I still got the ring on my finger and I've got the piece of paper saying I'm married. It doesn't change that just because I just don't feel it right then doesn't change that fact. Praise and thankfulness is not a feeling. It is an outward expression of faith toward a God of mercy. Or actually, I should not say a God. The God of mercy, goodness, and truth for our salvation through Jesus. Our thankfulness is an expression of our faith. Our thankfulness is not based on how we feel. Because there's going to be times that you don't feel thankful. But because of your faith in God and His promises, that is reason to be thankful. It's an expression of that. And we need to remember that as we come through, our service, through, through this holiday season. And actually, every, all 365 days of the year, we need to remember that we need to be thankful. We need to be appreciative. We need to shout to the Lord. We need to sing to the Lord. We need to serve the Lord. Not because we feel it, because it has nothing to do with our feelings, but it is because God deserves it and that we act in faith. We act in faith. Now we've come to the time in our service as we close that this is the invitation that I'm offering to you. That if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're here and you want to put your faith in Him, this is your opportunity. Come talk to me. There are people all over this congregation that would love to talk to you about how to accept Christ as your Savior. It's as easy as ABC. If you've had accepted Christ as your Savior and you've never been baptized and you want to be baptized and follow him, be obedient and following Him and believers' baptism, come forward. We will talk about that. And we will schedule a time for you to be baptized. If you're looking for a church home and, and you don't have one and, and you, you feel that God is leading you here to become part of our fellowship, come talk to me. We would love to have you come, become part of our family. If it's just God wants to, t- you want to do business with God, you're welcome to, 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 to sit where you are and pray or you can come to the altar and pray. Whatever it is God is telling you to do today, don't leave without getting that taken care of. Whatever it is. As we sing this song of invitation, this is your opportunity.
2: Would you stand as we sing hymn number 15, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, page 15.
4: Never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodies sonnet, some by flaming tongues above. Bridge the mount i fixed
5: upon it,
1: mount of thy redeeming love. Thank you for being here today. Um, don't forget to, to the, all the things that are in the bulletin. Cantata practice, 6 o'clock tonight. 6 o'clock tonight for cantata practice. Wednesday night, Bible study and prayer time in here at 6.30. Youth and children, 5.30 for choir practice, or for play practice. Bible study at 6.30 in the youth building. And then they are also uh, before or after before church, so you're wanting them here. Okay, four thirty here. If you can come help put out the the luminaries, we want to have them set out and in place before our Thanksgiving service service on next Sunday night, six thirty. Our Thanksgiving service. Hope you can join us there. And then all kinds of stuff going on the rest of the the, the month of November and into December, all the way through Christmas. So. Uh, please be here. Thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask Robbie if he would come and dismiss us in prayer.
4: Lord, we just want to thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for letting little scholar come up here and tell us what she was thankful for today, Lord. Lord, we're just thankful for all the sermon that already done and we're thankful for what sandra does for the church also lord lord just be with us be let us be merciful to, to us lord just be with us as we go from here today and come back and lord just be with us as we go and let us be a light to somebody and it's in your name we pray amen